You are listening to Lone Star Community Radio on 104.5 KCZWLP Conroe and 106.1 KZCCLP Conroe and worldwide on IRLoneStar.com. Welcome to the Legal Connection Show with Tony and Cheryl. This is legal advice from Montgomery County's lawyers, two of Montgomery County's lawyers, Tony Sherritz Collins and Cheryl Ellsworth Jahani. And we're here this afternoon to give you a little TLC, and we're going to be talking about appeals. So, Tony, let's let's get started. Let's start talking about appeals today. Okay, and I'm going to correct you. It's Tony L. Collins. The okay. L stands, so I have TLC, okay. and the L stands for late. I'm late for everything. All right. <laughs> I, I know that that's true. <laughs> and, and and going there, before we start with the appeals, I have a little joke. All right. Okay. Uh, a little girl dressed in her Sunday best was running as fast as she could, trying not to be late for Bible class. As she ran, she prayed, dear Lord, please don't let me be late. Dear Lord, please don't let me be late. As she was running and praying, she tripped on a curb and fell, getting her clothes dirty and tearing her dress. This has happened to me before. Not necessarily going to Bible class, but it's happened. Um, she got up, brushed herself off, and started running again. And as she ran, once again, she began to pray, Dear Lord, please don't let me be late, and please don't shove me either. <laughs> I, always, I always need a little shove, which kind of goes, and, and God is helping me okay. with regard to that. And that kind of goes toward our what we're going to talk about today, appeals. Because sometimes you need a little shove. You know? Right. You it, know. It, it's, it's scary. You know, be, the legal, uh, just being with anything that has to do with court and the law, it's, it's, it's scary if you are not, if you don't have, even when you have representation, it's pretty scary. And, um, you know, uh, we shouldn't be afraid. We shouldn't have fear. We should trust that everything's going to be okay. Because you can appeal. Absolutely. I know that this topic has been on your heart for a long time. Why? Why well, appeals? in part, and as you know, we both went to South Texas. Mm-hmm. South Texas, uh, they are like number four or five in the nation in moot court uh, right. at, at all law schools. Mm-hmm. It's a very, very uh, uh, reputable school. And, and moot court is uh, is mock court. It's where they go around the country and compete with other teams well, from mock, other law schools. Mock trial is when you're doing um, actual trial advocacy like you're in the courtroom. Mm-hmm. Moot court is the advocacy with regard to appeals. Um, right. And you've got an appellate brief and there's all these procedures, but... Uh, so I, I believe South Texas does really well with mock trial. They and mock, do. And but they, are, they exceed and they beat almost every law school in the country when it comes to moot court, which is appeals. All and right. um, as you know, uh, the appeal, uh, just as far as the definition, an appeal is a request for a higher court to review a lower court's decision. And it doesn't happen. Actually, appeals aren't just with court. They you could appeal anything in 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 life, uh, you know. But with, with regard to court, there are different types of appeals. Um, I, I guess uh, what comes to mind immediately is appealing to your parents. You know, if you've got you know two siblings that are arguing with each other, uh, one may be uh, a little bit more, uh, 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 I guess, worldly or, or uh, 
uh, wily is the term I'm looking for than the other just by nature. And they may be able to uh, to manipulate uh, the parent a little bit better right, because, and the other one just doesn't know. You've got sort of a beaver cleaver mm-hmm. and Eddie Haskell thing going mm-hmm. on. And um, so anyway, we're going to help sort of direct uh, our listeners to how they can get fairness and justice. And, you know, today you probably noticed that I didn't bring my little my little baby Ten Commandments that I got from the Bible Museum. I did notice. That. I forgot. I oh. almost went back to get it. Uh-huh. Uh, and I just want to say one thing about that. I forgot it, but that doesn't mean that it's not really important because um, the Bible is actually uh, sort of the basis for our law. I, I feel pretty strongly about that. And there's a lot of different, um, uh, you know, there's a lot of studies on that. University of Houston had one recently uh, within the last few years where they were comparing the commandments to the actual law. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, we, it was only five out of 10, which were actually, you know, commandments that had a law that, that went with it. Like, Well, that's huge. It's still huge. Yeah. But, but I believe that, um, and it's not just me believes this, there's been so many studies uh, that this nation was, uh, was built on, 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 on the law, basically, uh, on the Bible. And I'm just going to give one example, and then we're going to go on to what we really need to tell our listeners about. All right. And that is the principle of our nation, the sovereignty, authority of God, the sovereign authority of God, not the sovereignty of the state or the sovereignty of man is what we should live our life based on. And the legal documents that support that are all over the place. We just got back from Washington, D.C. Um, the Mayflower Compact, the Declaration of Independence, the Constitution, our currency says in God we trust, oaths we swear on the Bible, the mention of God in all 50 states' constitutions, and the Pledge of Allegiance. So very important. And um, and there's I don't even have to go into the biblical references because there's just right. so many. But that leads me to football. Okay. <laughs> well, with the Super Bowl just yes. a few days ago, yes. And so my question for you is, who did, who did you want to win? Oh, Tom Brady and the Patriots. And Why? Well, I know it's, you know, boring and all of that, but I felt like he deserved it. I felt like that, you know, he would have been the the greatest winning quarterback of all time. I feel like that that guy is incredibly talented. And, uh, you know, they weren't the underdog, but I was rooting for him anyway. And so that's who I wanted to win. Well, I like the name Patriot. Mm-hmm. And, and I like, I, I love that he's a devout Catholic. Mm-hmm. And I love Giselle, his wife. And I, I don't like that he dumped his first um, girlfriend six months pregnant. That that didn't sit well with me. But then, you know, the King King David did sort of, you know, the same thing, and God still forgave him. But right. I thought that Tom Brady um, had—he's won enough. I mean, he's got a lot of victory. See, everyone said that. And um, he's had so much, you know, good things going on in his life. And then deflate gate and all that stuff. Right. And But then I really wanted to win because he was so devout, and I really liked him, and he wanted to be on the Catholic channel and all that stuff. I just really liked it. But— then I started re- reading about Nick Foles. Oh my gosh! Right, awesome. When guy. I he is mm-hmm. from Austin. I didn't and, know that. And he beat Drew Brees, who's also went to Austin in high school. Awesome. Um, awesome and guy. and he beat a lot of his records. And he's um, studying to, um, online to get a master's in divinity. He's very devout, and he had the cutest little baby. I and know. He played so and well. Holding that little baby at the end wasn't that adorable. And he's thing? only three months older than my my oldest stepchild. And I just when I saw he played so well, and when I saw that that he was he was also you know everything he was doing and, and his whole team was like 
really giving the glory to God they for their were. win. He I was, was the like, coach, the head coach. The, Thanks, Jesus yes, Christ. Yes, right. Yes. I thought, okay, I was so glad that he won. And then I was like, okay, Philadelphia Eagles. You know, I was really happy they won. So that kind of went, I just, I brought that up because it was NFL and mm-hmm. debate late and all that stuff. And relevant. And, well, what about uh, a historically interesting fact, George Washington's appeal to heaven. I think that's relevant. Yes, I just, um, and then we're going to get on right into what our, our readers, our, readers, our listeners just, really need to learn about. Just quickly, I think that uh, our listeners don't know that <clears throat> the colors, the white flag with the green pine tree and the inscription appeal to heaven was actually uh, commissioned by George Washington originally in uh, 1775. Uh, Colonel Reed, who was Washington's secretary, suggested the motto and it's used today in uh, where Massachusetts. Oh, in Massachusetts, but it's it's actually a flag that's still used. But George Washington you, uh, uh, flew this flag that says "Appeal to Heaven," and I'll show you a picture of it. It's so basic. I don't mm-hmm. know if you know for mm-hmm. our podcast people what it looks like, but um, <clears throat> just a it, white background with a pine tree. Yes, but it had so much significance because our forefathers, ninety five percent of them were were Christian, and of course they based most of our original. Um, our original law was 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 based on the Bible and and, and those those precepts, but um, but more importantly, um, they felt that there was an injustice, and so they made this flag, and it flew on George Washington every uh, ship in the U.S. Navy, and of course the Navy wasn't that big at the time because we were just right. a developing country. Um, flew this flag, and it was actually the first. I think it was the uh, not the United States, but the first colony's flag was this flag that was developed by the Secretary George Washington, and. Um, what he said was, and where the body of the people or any single man is deprived of their rights or is under the exercise of a power without right and have and have no appeal on earth, they have liberty to appeal to heaven. That's right. Basically, they felt like they had nowhere to turn. And so our forefathers appealed to heaven. And that's why they made this flag. And... Um, I just thought it was so interesting because I never knew anything about this flag, and it kind of came up when I was Googling some stuff. And um, and it kind of goes toward what we're talking about today, appeal. Right, uh, appeal. So, Tony, why why would someone appeal? Why, obviously, you're going to appeal a decision that you got in a trial court or a lower court. That's what we call trial courts. Those are our lower courts. And something went wrong. Something happened that you feel was unjust, unfair. And so... Um, you know, a lot of times people appeal not because somebody got paid off, you know, like you said, n- not because uh, you had a terrible lawyer, just but because the court didn't get it right. Well, yeah, and sometimes they don't. And it's it's not necessarily the, the, the judge, if you had a bench trial, or the jury. Sometimes they haven't not been given the proper information to make the decision. And... Um, you know, just like in the Book of Wisdom, uh, uh, God has had some hand in in whether or not, and, and the judges that actually, uh, you have to respect them right. because they would not be judges but for God's hand. Mm-hmm. Uh, even if it's not what you wanted, for, it's, for some reason they are, and you've got to totally respect their decision. And we have amazing judges here in, in Montgomery County. In fact, yes, we, do. Um, we have amazing judges in Harris County. I just got back mm-hmm. from court um, on Friday and I just knew that the facts in my case were so bad. My client was, you know, it was just, it was not, it, my facts were bad. I was going to have to accept what, whatever I could get basically with a negotiation with the prosecutors in this criminal case. 
because my facts were not going to uh, to, uh, to to come out with a dismissal or him him off of whatever this was. And he accepted that too. I mean, I've got really good clients for the most part. They're very honest with me, mm-hmm. and he accepted the inevitable. There was going to be a punishment for what he did. But when I when I uh, approached the judge, um, I was so uh, relieved to see that not only did he have a heart, not a mechanical pump, but he was very fair, and he gave them everything that I'd asked for, um, pretty much without actually asking for it, but just hoping the judge gave me. And I was just like, oh my gosh, there is, there is, this was, you know, uh, you know, an, an appeal to heaven, basically, because we prayed a lot about it. And um, my client got a really, really good, um, he got a really good recommendation from the judge. He was happy with it. I was happy with it. So uh, that was a win-win situation. It's not always like that, though. Mm-hmm. And we're going to discuss, uh, I guess, after our, our, our next break, um, uh, what you, what the criteria is for you to have an appeal. All right. So we'll be right back after the break. You're listening to the Legal Connection Show with Tony and Cheryl. Check us out on LegalConnectionShow.com and send us your questions at LegalConnectionShow.com forward slash contact. We'll be right back. For those of you who like your partners, your gumbo, and your music salty, well, we're here to help with the music. Julian Shea here, host of Lone Star Country Nights Thursday, your weekly dose of roots and Americana and all the music that makes this part of the country special. We stir in Western Swing, Honky Tonk, Zydeco, Texas Blues, Outlaw Country, and put a pinch of red dirt, and then we smoke it over a slow fire. Then listen to the results Thursday nights on Conroe's 104.5 and 106.1 and worldwide at IRLoneStar.com. Welcome back to The Legal Connection with Tony and Cheryl. This afternoon, we're talking about appeals. We talked about sort of a broad overview of appeals, and now we're going to get into um, what makes a good appeal. Tony, uh, why don't you tell us, again, we want to do the definition of appeals or inform our audience about the definition. An appeal is a request for a higher court to review a lower court's decision. Uh, An appeal lawyer handles an appeal when a party loses or is unhappy with some part of the judgment and uh, appeal court reviews the record made in a trial court, that's an appeal. So um, what makes a good appeal? And depending on what side of the fence you're on, <laughs> when you go into this appeal, uh, I guess uh, that that's uh, there, there would be different answers to that. But the, the legal answer, at least in Texas, uh, it can be found in the... Uh, Texas Rules of Civil Procedure and Texas Rules of Appellate Procedure. And, um, you know, just like with anything else, you have to sort of use your judgment. You have to do the right thing. Not every case is appealable. You may be very happy with the result, but it may be a fair result. And you have to you have to, um, to look at what the jury heard and understand that, that our citizens that actually go to jury duty, and that's, I mean, they're, coming, they're out of the... the, the a day when they would rather be watching, you know, uh, Kelly and, and I, whatever her new host name is, uh, Ryan, are, are, you know, they may be, they'd rather be doing anything else than going to, to, to do their, their civic duty, right. but they show up. And yes, absolutely. I, and my experience with trials has been most juries have always put forth, uh, that, you know, every effort to do the right thing. 
very seldom is the jury tainted, but sometimes it is. Sometimes there's a bias. Mm-hmm. Sometimes the, you have not done your voir dire right and you've got somebody that had a bias and you don't. And, and when people have a bias, they will automatically make a decision that's not based on the facts. Right. And that's what you have to, to sort of guard against. And so, so if you were not happy with the decision in court and as a matter of law, uh, you, you know that the decision was wrong. You don't know why. Maybe the judge was just wrong. Or the judge didn't know the law. It was a bench trial. Uh, maybe there was a bias with the judge for whatever reason. Right. Maybe you didn't make the proper campaign contributions or you don't know. We, right. don't, we don't know why, but we know that something was wrong and someone else has to look at it. Then you, you have to go forward. But to do that, you have to have the proper uh, elements and criteria to go forward to have a legitimate appeal where, where you can win. You just don't want to like, like loosely go about it because you could be sanctioned. Right. And you've wasted a lot of time. And being in lawsuits, as anybody that has been in one knows, is is taking away the joy of your life. You, we should be, right. you know, so happy that you're alive and breathing. Instead, you're tense and and weighed down. And, and you know, this is just as bad for the attorneys as it is for the client because mm-hmm. your client is calling you all the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it isn't, the money is not the issue. It's the joy of life. And right. you've wasted a lot of life if you, and you don't want to go forward to this. You just want to accept it and move on if, if that's the way it's going to be. Okay. But that being said, a, a, an appeal is a post judgment uh, uh, procedure. And the very first place I always go is um, for, uh, well, I don't want to get into too much technicality because we could talk about appeals for, uh, you know, for two days. There's, it's, it's complex law, isn't but, it? But just in general, mm-hmm. so we can just hit the highlights for people that really don't know that much about it. Um, the first thing I look at is uh, to file a motion for new trial or what your basis would be for a new trial. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and I'm going to let you talk a little bit about the different courts and what the time frames are for that. But as far as uh, motion for a new trial, you want to go to the Texas Rules of Civil Procedure 320 through 329. And you can just, anybody can just Google that and you can see what the, 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 there's like five points in that. Now, timeframes are important. And if you file a motion for a new trial, um, it's going to uh, move up the time frame for when you actually have to file an appellate brief and various other technicalities that you have to have. Right. But um, you can also file other uh, post-trial motions that, that move the time that you have to file a brief forward. And I'm talking about in county court and in, in district court because there's so many different courts and different types of appeals and procedures apply in the different courts. But, but in general, if you just want to kind of have something, a, a basis in general, if you can go to, to uh, just the standard law, is, is the first thing you look at as a grounds for a new trial under the Rules of Civil Procedure uh, 320 is, was there jury misconduct? We, we, I think we've all watched, or I hope many of us have seen this, the classic uh, 12 Angry Men. Oh, yeah, right. Okay. Um, Henry I Fonda. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and in your opinion, do you think there was jury misconduct in 12 well, Angry Well, according Men? to the rules, absolutely there was, because jury misconduct is a, is a juror bringing something outside into the deliberations of the jury. And I remember that movie with the knife, and he walked around the streets and all of that, and he brought the exact knife. You could pick it up on a street. And the prosecution in that case against a young man um, made it look like this special knife with special carvings and all of that. And Henry Fonda found a hundred of them uh, with one vendor. And so according to our definitions, there was definitely jury misconduct 
in that. What a great movie, though. You know, I, yeah. and the whole time I was in law school listening to this dream misconduct, I was thinking about that movie and yeah. how these rules aren't fair. Yes, yes. <laughs> and then we've got other movies, and I can't think of them right off because I haven't written them down, but we're, uh, and I'm thinking right off with Law & Order, which I love Law & Order. I, you know, I have never watched that. What? Oh no, but God. I love The Good Wife, and that's a, that's a jury. <laughs> that's a legal. I've never watched that. That's a good one, Tony. You it's need to watch it. It's a girl thing. Yeah. Uh, I think it's because I do uh, so much criminal defense that Law & Order, I watch it. The, the one thing that's really not, um, it, it's just not real, is that they have the the, the defendant or the perp, as they say, uh-huh. in a little cage in the district attorney's office. Oh, you know, and they're right. like, it's like, oh, you've never no. seen that. Not even in a small town have I ever seen that. So that's kind of far-fetched. But but I do like some of the the, the angles that they take. I mean, and I kind of watch that. Just like my husband watches medical shows. He's letting me know when those aren't really real and you're rolling his eyes all uh-huh. the time. And uh, I, I can't remember. I think we've watched Scrubs a few times and some other ones. But, but um, anyway, the... Um, but as far as the law of appeals, I, I think for our listeners, it's interesting. They they would be interesting to them is we have the trial courts, and that's where all the drama goes on, most of it on television and right. all of that. But then every other court is an appellate court. Even the Supreme Court of the United States is an appellate court. And I think that's where people get confused. In the appellate courts, they don't go into the weeds of the facts. They just look at procedural things. And this is what you're talking about, about how to, or you were talking about a a few minutes ago, how to set up a trial case for appeal. You need a good attorney to do that. Are you really, like you, uh, or you need to know what you're doing as an individual. Now, let me correct you on one thing. On the appellate court, the facts that were presented and admitted into the court are, that that is your appellate case. That that is critical and that, that... that you get your facts in. And that's why sometimes cases are lost improperly because the facts could not be admitted to the jury for the jury to make a, a proper decision based on the facts that, that existed. Um, so the facts are very important. Now, procedures are, if you don't follow the procedures in an appeal, you will lose the appeal. You will lose your appeal on, on, on just because that you've got to be so precise in the way you follow them. And I will say this, our appellate courts here in Texas, um, I have not had any bad experience with them. And I'm not just saying that because they'll ever hear this. They may never right. hear this. Right. Um, they follow the rules. If you call an appellate court, if you just call the clerk, they will help you. They won't help you with the law because they can't they can't give legal give advice. legal advice. Right. But they're the most helpful, nice people ever. But attorneys are not attorneys. That's great. And um, but that being said, let me go uh, to, just to correct you on the facts. The facts are are the most important thing in appellate law. The facts that, that the appellate attorney sees, the the, the group, because uh, I had interned for uh, the first court of appeals uh, for at least for one summer, and I got to see kind of the inner workings of, of that particular um, group, which was amazing to see how they actually go through it. And it was, uh, there's lots of, of uh, different attorneys within the appellate um, uh, courts that are looking there. It's, it's a fail safe because everyone's looking at it over and over again. It's not just one person looking at it. Well, that's but but great. The, that being said, I'm going to backtrack a little bit to the five things that you have for an appeal. Okay. Jury misconduct, and I kind of got sidetracked on mm-hmm. that. You redirected me. Um, is 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 really important because there can be jury misconduct because if you if someone doesn't tell you during the voir dire that they are are a voir dire or whatever they say whatever they say to Texas <laughs> voir dire um, if they don't dire. if they don't tell you that they were you know they've got a bias toward you know all of 
Catholic uh, women who uh, have brown hair. And then you find out, and that's what your client is, Mm -hmm. or that's what you are, because Mm -hmm. they're also looking at you. Mm -hmm. Then that's jury McTonics. They've lied to you, and they shouldn't have been on that jury. Um, Then, uh, so that's that's the first reason that you can get a new trial and and perhaps get with a new trial. You wouldn't even have to go to appeal. It'll get it'll get dumped right back to the court because the trial judge decides that. Um, The next thing is an inadequate record, and um, a new trial should be granted in order to preserve the right to appeal when a party exercises due diligence but is unable through no fault of their own, to obtain a proper ed, uh, to, to obtain a proper record of the evidence introduced at trial. That can happen for so many reasons. Uh, if, 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 for an example, if the opposing counsel objects to something that you know should come in, or if you've got an expert that that there's no, they should come in there and let the jury help for yeah. the jury's benefit here, and the judge doesn't let them in. That is an inadequate record. Or it's that is an argument for an inaccurate, not right. necessarily because you don't know what you know. There's an argument for both sides, but 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 an inaccurate is another reason for a new trial. Um, newly discovered evidence because the other side didn't give you evidence in civil, it gets you a new trial. But in criminal, it's an absolute reserve, reversal if the prosecutors withheld evidence improperly. We've seen that on TV so many times. Right. All right. Um, factual sufficiency, legal sufficiency. Um, are the other two that get you a new trial. And we will go into a little bit more about the necessity of motions and and the different courts and the timeframes in our next segment. All right. Um, So again, you're listening to The Legal Connection with Tony and Cheryl. Uh, You can check out our website at legalconnectionshow.com and you can email us your questions at questions at legalconnectionshow.com. Don't forget to download the Lone Star Community Radio app from your Google Play or Apple Store. Bring Montgomery County's community radio with you anywhere with your smartphone or tablet. If you are in the Conroe area, tune in on FM. That's Conroe's FM 104.5, 106.1. If you are on the computer, bookmark IRLoneStar.com as your internet radio station. A Lone Star Community Radio. Broadcasting 24-7 from the heart of downtown Conroe, Texas. Hey guys, this is Connor. This is Dick. This is Chris. And we're with the Ticket Stub Podcast every Thursday live at noon on 104.5 and 106.1 FM in the Conroe area. Also, anytime at IRLoneStar.com. You go to IRLoneStar.com backslash TTS. You can find all of our social media. And don't forget, we give away two tickets to the Grand Theater on every show. If you like movies and you like complaining or celebrating anything that has to do with the silver screen, check out the Ticket Stub Podcast and join us every Thursday at noon o'clock on Lone Star Community Radio. Welcome back to the Legal Connection Show with Tony and Cheryl. Uh, We are here talking about appeals today, and Tony's just been telling us about the reasons that we can appeal a trial court decision that didn't go the way we felt like it should have. Um, I think one of the important things that I'm Cheryl, and one of the um, most daunting uh, and important things about appeals is that they have some pretty strict time limits. Uh, In the municipal or city court, uh, you have to request the court record at the trial. You've got to, the court has to enter the final judgment 
uh, which can be extended for certain reasons. You've got to file a written motion for a new trial not later than 10 days after the final judgment now, is entered. Let me ask you this. With the city, I, I'm not familiar with any city that actually holds court. But they have ordinances, and and I think that would have to do with permitting. Absolutely. And um, any sort of rules that on, on a local level, a local ordinance. Mm-hmm. that they've ruled against you on with regard to you the first something. thing that comes to mind is permits and you know anything by the commissioner any of our local officials mm-hmm. um if you feel you were wronged then there is a process by which you can request that they review it again and that is your type of appeal and this is what you're speaking of right that's exactly right tony thank you for clarifying that um and then there are some things that are required of you to to appeal that decision um then it'll go up. You've got to file a brief, and it'll go up to an appellate court to determine whether or not your request should be granted. And then also— no, that, that wouldn't be on the city level, though. I don't think you'd—I guess you could file a brief, actually. Yeah. You want documentation because, you know, uh, with time, people forget things, and the written word, just like in the Bible, is going to be so much more important than the oral. But, um, but yeah, I think you're right. You, we would, a filing a brief would probably be a, a helpful— Right, right. And just, and, and, you know, when we file a brief, what is that? That's really telling the appellate court what happened and why we think it's wrong. Or whoever the appellate um, authority is, right, whether it be a commission or the city hall or an appellate judge or, or whoever it may be. And it could be like in your own family, your, your fam- like when you're a kid, when you wrote little post-it notes where you're going to appeal to your parents for a larger allowance or whatever it may be, assuming that you were, right. you know, that's how kind of I was, you know, I was always, mm-hmm. I, I was always prepared when arguing before the higher authority, which was my parents. Absolutely. You know. <laughs> or why you shouldn't have to wash the dishes tonight. Yes. Yes. And here's mm-hmm. the list on why somebody mm-hmm. else should and not me. That's absolutely <laughs> right. And then we go into the uh, federal uh, civil and criminal appellate courts. And, um, there's a procedure for that, you know, and it's all in our Texas rules of civil procedure and, and can be found there, but roughly, it's uh, you ask the judge to overturn the jury's verdict or the verdict that you got at the trial court level and enter uh, a not guilty verdict, and you need to do that immediately. And um, then you you can move for a new trial, ask the new ask uh, for a new trial, or ask the judge to declare a mistrial for some reason. Well, I think you would give, uh, you would ask for a mistrial if it was during the actual trial itself. Um, because because something would happen where the jury couldn't make a right decision because they were something was that was influenced like somebody screams something that's derogatory or there something that wasn't supposed to come in that'll be a mistrial and there's a number of reasons how that can occur the um, but if you've gotten a bad ruling it generally in county or district court you've got 30 days generally I mean this uh, and I'm going to say that's in Texas for no, sure no that's true 30 uh, it, days. you got 30 days from the date of the when the order is actually signed mm-hmm. to um, do several things you file a motion for a new trial mm-hmm. if that's what you choose to do that extends your deadline for actually filing a, 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 an appeal mm-hmm. the notice of appeal mm-hmm. um, but we have to do it within 30 days it's really important that you do something within that time frame whether it's file a notice of appeal or file a motion for a new trial or file a motion for reconsideration mm-hmm. or file a motion um, notwithstanding the verdict. Mm-hmm. You know, something's got to happen within a certain time frame, and there's a lot of different options. And so you have to decide what options going to be. But timing is everything on an appeal. And um, and you may have get, been getting ready to cover this. I think in municipal, it's like 10 days from whenever it happens, and it's an oral right. rendition of whatever a permit was. But you've got to move really fast. You can't just sit on it. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And a good example, I think, for a lot of our listeners is um, in family court. And um, this may be known by a lot of people. And I'll tell you what, there's a lot of like, not only jailhouse lawyers, but people that have been in court more than you and I have. And they're not lawyers. They're just in court all the time because they they go to the court, you know, for their family issues. Maybe they're like my my second husband who was married, you know, a gazillion times. Mm-hmm. And uh, so they, they know, but he was a lawyer too. But people are in court a lot for that reason. And they learn to do it on their own. Um, in family court, though, if you have the associate judge make the decision mm-hmm. for temporary orders, or, and it's generally going to be for temporary orders, um, and you don't agree with those decisions, for whatever reason, it's a full-blown trial. It's a hearing, transcript, everybody's sworn in, witnesses, um, and you don't agree with it. You have three days to appeal and get the whole thing to, do, to be a redo with the actual presiding judge in the state of Texas for that family court. And it's a lot of work. Three days. Three days. And you have to file a, a basically, it's a notice of appeal, and you can look for the procedures and the Texas rules of procedure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I've done this before. And you can file a petition for de, de novo hearing and have a, a whole redo all over again. And you don't even have to have, I think you might have to have a legitimate reason. The rules are in there. But if you are not going to go through this unless you thought there was a legitimate reason that you needed. Right. Uh, otherwise, you're going to negotiate. It's so expensive and so time-consuming and so awful. Right. Um, Another thing is um, for uh, subpoenas, it's sort of like an appeal, but it's really not. If an, the opposing counsel notices you uh, to show up for a deposition, and that's, I meant subpoena, but I meant deposition, mm-hmm. because you can have a, uh, for a deposition, it can be with a deuces tecum, and so they're asking you to bring documents. But if you simply file a motion to quash with no reason given within three days and timely file it, you're not required by that court order to appear. You just, you file the notice. And so that's another form of it's an appeal. It's a procedural. But it's a timing thing. Absolutely. It's critical that you you don't just sit on it. You don't want, you better look up really fast if you didn't get a decision you liked in whatever capacity it is and find out what you need to file and do it timely mm-hmm. and then follow the proper procedures. And if, if you do, if you do your homework and do it right, then, then you should prevail. And I'm going to just add a little scripture in here only because I think it's so important. Um, the King James Version, and this is, it's so hard to read the King James Version. I mean, when I was growing up, I didn't know what it was saying. I mean, just didn't right. read it all. Right. But Romans 5, 3, it mm-hmm. says, and not only so, but we glory in tribulations also, knowing that tribula- tribulation worketh patience. And I'm going to put that in plain English. What that means is uh, it's never easy to get the right judgment. But if you know you're right, you must fight on. And, and 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 one of the more in the, one of the English versions of the Bible, it's for that same provision or same provision. Listen to me, I'm talking like a lawyer. Uh, that same scripture is: we should rejoice in our suffering, knowing that suffering produces perseverance. And and you know a little bit further down in Romans, Romans fifteen four, it goes toward that same thing. And we're the chosen ones if we have to persevere. Or for and it actually says the scripture says for what for whatever was written before was written for our instruction, just like our, just like our laws, um, so that through our endurance and through the encouragement of the scriptures, we may have hope. And, and basically that means that don't give up. Uh, you appeal if you're right. Absolutely. Have hope. Don't fear. Embrace it. Make and, lemons from lemonade. Right. Oh, no, and, lemonade from lemons. I always get that backwards. Right. Well, you know, it, that's right. And the appellate courts, I just want to say this, that when you appeal and you, it goes up to the appellate court, how the appellate court is going to look at an appeal is uh, they'll examine the proceedings. 
um, there has to be clear errors in the proceedings that have been preserved on the record. And that I think you explained that to I am so glad us. you brought that up. There's three things. I'm going to let you go on. It's, Error, preservation, and um, I always have to read this. Uh, and, and it has to be reversible. Yes. Three things. I mean, right. just remember those three things. Mm-hmm. Error. And, and you have to make sure there's error in the record. Right. Yes. And it's got to be preserved in the record. Yes. And it has to be reversible. Example of yes. something reversible, failure of a judge to allow the defendant to represent themselves, that's automatic reversal. Yes. Uh-huh. Yes. These yes. errors have to be, they and the, the errors have to have significantly impacted the outcome of the case. Yes. In other words, it can't be something that is, uh, you know, the, the person was guilty anyway. Everybody knew it. Yes, yes. If the guy had the smoking gun in his hand and he's already admitted to it, that's right. not reversible. That is not reversible. But, but that does bring us the death sentence. They're always, they're automatically appealed. Exactly. In Texas, there's an automatic Even with that appeal. gun smoking. That's right. A Jody Arias comes to mind. Yes. Crazy woman, but she didn't uh-huh. get the death sentence. Right. I don't but know. Automatic. I mean, in my opinion, you're always uh-huh. but anyway. <laughs> but then, then the U.S., so you can appeal all the way up to the state's highest court, and then from that court, appeals go to the U.S. Supreme Court. Now, they only take a few of the cases. They're, they're sent thousands requests, Red thousands of requests. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. But they only take, what, 130 cases a year? Something like that. Anyway, we're about to go to break. We just want to thank you for listening and tell you that if you have questions for us, you can email us your questions at questions at legalconnectionshow.com. We'll be right back after the break. With some questions. That's right. From our listeners, right. That's right. Our talk shows and music shows are looking for sponsors. Want to expand your brand awareness? Reach the hyper-local audience in Montgomery County? Lone Star Community Radio sponsorships accomplish this. Want to see our stats and rates? Check out IRLoneStar.com slash sponsor for more information. Or call in and leave us a message at 936-647-3776 with your question. Get seen on TV or YouTube and heard on our podcast, FM, and internet radio. Sponsor your local radio station with Lone Star Community Radio. Welcome back to the Legal Connection Show with Tony and Cheryl. Today we're talking about appeals, and uh, Tony, you're going to talk to us about some appeals that you've handled. Yes, I am. And um, that and uh, basically some pointers on if you just, if you take this on, if you are, are that brave and you have the right to do it, represent yourself on how to handle an appeal. Just some of the, some little tips. Um, I will say this, uh, in addition to a lot of the appeals that I've done, I've learned so much with every appeal. It's, it's amazing. And I've, uh, you know, without getting into the nitty gritty of those specific ones, I will say this. Sometimes the trial court gets it right, okay? As much as, you know, I, I appeal, the appeal, the appellate level is, there's different levels. Um, the trial court gets it right. Somebody's mad. They're, they're unhappy with the result. They go to the appellate court, the next the next highest appellate level, mm-hmm. which in Texas would go from district to, um, depending on whether it was civil or criminal, to the next, uh, the next highest level would be the court of appeals. And depending on what jurisdiction you're in, and in Houston, you'd be in the first, the 14th. If you're in Montgomery County, you're going to be in the ninth. But sometimes those appellate courts are too filled. Right. They have too much business. 
mm-hmm. and it gets transferred to a different a court. And that's happened to me on a number of my cases. They've gone to the 13th or the 1st or the 14th. Now, um, I'm just going to give you an example of one case where they got it right in the trial court. Okay. The Court of Appeals improperly reversed it, and the Supreme Court of Texas reversed it back again. Okay, so this appeals can go on forever. And if they wanted to, they could have gone to the United States Supreme Court next up. And if they were unhappy with this, for whatever reason, they could have even gone to the federal court for for various reasons. I mean, it's not over until it's over. Right. You can just, if if you, you you should never give up. Perseverance is very, very important. On this particular case on Dunn versus Dunn, um, it was a Supreme Court case in 1969, and it's still valid law. Basically, um, it had to do with uh, oral renditions of judgments. You know, you'll go to court sometimes and the judge will actually make a decision right there, but you don't have an order in writing. And in this particular case, um, it was a divorce. And uh, Miss, Mr. Dunn died two days after the oral announcement of how the divorce was going to be split, how the property was going to be split in the divorce. Mm-hmm. And the wife was like giddy about it. And so she went back in and she said, I'm going to move for dismissal. Um, we don't have a final judgment. There's nothing in writing. And that's the only thing you can appeal on. And the appellate court said, Oh, we agree. Okay, so this is going to go, his estate will go intestate. The divorce is gone. We dismissed it. There was no divorce. Well, when it went to the Supreme Court, the Supreme Court said no. An oral rendition has the same weight as an actual order. Really? If it is not in writing, and it, they actually made a law out of that in Texas, and it's um, Texas Rules of Civil Procedure 306A. But if you have an oral rendition, you don't have to wait for that written order, for it to be, if you get a transcript of it and can show somebody, like with my temporary orders all the time, it's a valid law. And a lot of policemen don't know that. They look for the actual order when the police are over at your house and what have you. Right. But 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 it is valid law versus done be done. All right. And then before I turn this over to you, I'm just going to say a couple of things about people that want to handle appeals on their own. It is very, very difficult. If you don't get the procedures right, if you don't get the font right, if you don't get everything right, it will get kicked out and you will lose. And I'm not trying to promote this for attorneys that are trying to make money. Because I do many of my appeals for free, and I'm not advertising to do anybody's appeal for free. Right. I will not do it. I will pray and beg the Lord not to make me do another appeal because they are that strenuous on me as well as my clients. But um, if you are going to do one on your own, um, it usually goes uh, to an appellate panel, which is there's three uh, appellate attorneys. Sure. No. You can ask for um, on in, on banc. I think it's how, what it's called mm-hmm. for all of them to look at it. If you don't get a decision that you mm-hmm. want from them, or go up to the higher level, there's lots of different options. And another example is in bankruptcy, you don't appeal to an appellate court, you appeal to the district court in federal bankruptcy. A lot of different things going on. So there's right. lots, just read the rules. Um, here though, if you're going to appeal, limit the number of issues being raised in your appellate brief. Judges loathe, appellate judges loathe briefs that appear to be throwing things at them like everything in the sink. Right. Um, keep in mind that an appellate judge has a heavy reading load. As such, to avoid potentially frustrating the judge, keep your brief focused and concise. Unlike our show today. Or what we're talking. Uh, <laughs> and study opinions in the cases analogous to yours to determine so what underlying facts and what legal authority were necessary, necessary to write those opinions. We learned that at South Texas. Mm-hmm. I won a number of competitions mm-hmm. at South Texas writing this for brief writing alone. Mm-hmm. You've got to find the, the, the law and see, just like Roe v. Wade, you're trying to find, and nothing's been overturned on that yet because that's mm-hmm. the Supreme Law of the land, unless right. it's, it's overturned for something else, which I'm much more. That's my, the case that made abortion legal. Yeah, which, which started out as a district court case, and mm-hmm. it ended up in the, the United States Supreme Court because it was a 
a it had a federal question. Mm-hmm. It was a, a question of whether the Constitution mm-hmm. um, provided was the right. had, had provided that right. Okay. Mm-hmm. That being said, I'm giving you three examples of, and there, this goes on and on. But we want to get to our listener questions. We That's what do. this show is about. We do. We want to get to our listener questions, but I just want to bring up one thing: is that there's an, a limited right to appeal when you plead guilty. There's you have you have the right to appeal, but it's limited. And um, I think that's kind of frustrating. You can't go back if you were, you know, people plead guilty to things for tons and they were of reasons coerced. that don't have anything to do with right, their guilt. Right. Because the prosecutor tells them, and they can do this. I know. Oh, if you if you just say you're guilty, um, we're, it's, you're going to get off, you'll go home today. That's right. Do you know how many of my clients are like 18, 17, 18, 19 years old without their parents here because they're deemed to be an adult? And they want to get out of jail. Right. They want to go home. They want to go home. And they're they're so immature that mm-hmm. they don't realize that that's not the right thing to say whatever they want. That's you absolutely. have to tell the truth. Absolutely. Um, important. Okay, here's a question. Or let me do one caveat, though, being a criminal defense attorney. Uh-huh. Remember your Fifth Amendment right, because whatever you say can and will be held against you. So get your lawyer and say nothing. Absolutely. But, but, tell, but if you are going to talk, tell the truth. Okay. I say right. say nothing. As I do too. Attorney. I think say nothing. <laughs> okay. Truthfully remain silent. Yes. Okay. Uh, when may a litigant file an interlocutory appeal? I think interlocutory appeal is important because what it is, is when something is going on in the trial court that you think is wrong, rather than finishing to the end of the trial, which is time consuming, expensive, taxpayer dollar, personal funds, all of that. You can, at times, in limited circumstances, make an appeal instantly to a higher court. So we have one question here that uh, a litigant— this is one of our listener questions, mm -hmm. right? Okay. A litigant, the person who brought the lawsuit, uh, when can they file an appeal to a higher court immediately and not have to wait until the final disposition of the trial case? An interlocutory order is a trial court order that does not dispose of all parties and all claims in the case. An appeal of an interlocutory order is an interlocutory appeal. An interlocutory appeal is only possible when expressly allowed by statute. Yes, and there's a list in the statute. Mm -hmm. Texas Civil Practice and Remedies Code, sections 51.014a, lists a number of interlocutory orders which are appealable. And I just want our listeners to know that there are times when something goes awry in the trial court and instantly you can get an appeal. Uh, most often, you have to wait until the final disposition of that trial to uh, right. appeal to a higher. And if it's one of the claims within the case, because a lot of times there's more than one claim in right. civil cases, a criminal is a little bit different. Um, they can actually ask that that ca- that claim be severed so they can get a final uh-huh. judgment to be able to appeal. On that one, or they can mandamus, which is a whole different type of appeal. But it's that's your other option when you have something that's going on during court where you don't believe you had the correct decision made by the judge. Okay. And then just one more really quick. In order to appeal, a lot of times uh, the litigant has to file a bond, a cash bond, another thing that's expensive. And all of these expenses really bother me. But the bond or cash deposit must be in an amount equal or greater than the sum of the compensatory damages awarded in the judgment. Sometimes we're talking about huge figures. And it, it, that also is statutory. The judge has to approve it. And I've gotten those before. And you're locking up a lot of money in a supersedious bond. You sure are. You got to really think twice about appealing a lot of these civil cases. It's not a happy thing. No, it's not. It's but I've done that before. And I've locked money up, my client's money up before. And we've won. And it's well worth it when you win. Well, good for you. So it doesn't mean I'm great. It means the facts in that particular case supported there, that there was going to be a victory. All right. Well, we want to thank you for listening 
to this afternoon's The Legal Connection Show with Tony and Cheryl. We're here. Uh, we just want to serve you and, and take your questions, listen to and, you, and we'll see you next week, hear you next week. Serve God by serving each other. That's We're doing right. a public service for you, and we expect you to do the same for other people. Next week, IRLoneStar.com, 104.5 and 106.1. We'll see you then. Thank you for checking out this production of Lone Star Community Radio. Lone Star Community Radio is Montgomery County's community radio station. Don't forget to check out this show and many others across the Lone Star Community Radio network. Either live on Conroe's FM 104.5, 106.1, the Lone Star Internet Radio app, or IRLoneStar.com's live audio stream, and on replay on podcast, Channel 12's Our City TV and Conroe, or Channel 21 KVQT in Houston, and of course their YouTube channel. This production is copyrighted and all rights are reserved by Lone Star Community Radio. Have a question regarding this program or other Lone Star Community Radio shows? Want to sponsor or start your own show? Call the station message line at 936-647-3776 or email the station at lscrstudios at gmail.com.